Give me something. Happy Thursday, punters. It is another episode of Give Me Something. It's kind of changed its tune over the last couple of weeks as major sporting codes start to come back. But I'll tell you what, my favourite thing about having this podcast later in the week is, and especially when the weather starts to get cold, because the good thing, and many listeners may not understand, but when the weather gets cold, sometimes the more wealthy of our population start to just creep back into the city, back to where their home studios are. And that is why we have the cast that we do today. When I welcome some of the wealthier employees of the great company that is Sportsbet, we'll start off with NRL legend. We all know where the money's come from there, Joel Kane. Please, boys. Uh, I love your intro there, Felix, but uh, four kids never equals wealth, mate. So <laughs> I'm here to tell you, Nathan Brown would attest to that as well, wouldn't you, Brownie? Just because you've uh, played footy for a long time, Felix, it doesn't mean you've got a lot of money. Now, I bought a house <laughs> in Elwood many, many years ago for $1.85 million, and I sold it for $1.56 million. So that's not <laughs> making a profit. That is making a full-on loss. That is almost a 300 grand loss. Added to that, that I'd broken up with an ex-girlfriend years before that, and it was a bit of a settlement. It was, just, it, it was a bad time, you know. <laughs> well, tell you wow. what. <laughs> the, the other the other panellists we've got today made a huge amount of money. I think he went in with uh, Matthew Richardson on a nice little property deal back in Richo's early days that just made them both quite wealthy there. Mick Wall. Yeah, well, I definitely wouldn't have gone with Brownie. That's one of about three Brownie real estate nightmare stories. Uh, and a little peek behind the curtain of some previous relationships there, Nathan. But you also have the four mm. kids. I've got just the one. And uh, I, of course, married into my wealth. Uh, great to be here, boys. <laughs> and looking forward to live sport being back. Oh, I love oh, the honesty, yeah. Mick Wall. <laughs> and of course, we've still got Nathan Brown, the man with four kids that we know of who's already piped up today. But how are you doing, Brownie? Yeah, good to be here. Very good. Can't wait for a big weekend of... Uh, I'm looking forward to the NRL coming back, Shook. I mean, I'm not, as you know, the massive NRL person that uh, some people are, but really looking forward to seeing it kick off because it's good to see footy back in all forms. Boys, it's a great opportunity for Rugby League because being introduced to new audiences like yourselves, and I imagine people who don't ordinarily watch it might dive in. And I'm trying to sort of help people out with, with a club. So, for example, the Brisbane Broncos, they're a flashy... I'll, I'll ask you to come in with the AFL team, right? I've got the NFL team. So they're a flashy team, a wealthy team. In the 90s, they absolutely dominated. Every single year, they're expected to do big things. I think of the Dallas Cowboys when I think of the Broncos. Who do you think of in the AFL land or in the basketball land, Felix, uh, when I talk about the Brisbane Broncos for the new fans? Brownie, I mean, what's that? It's probably not quite Hawthorne because Hawthorne's had sustained success. They are the wealth here. West Coast? I was thinking West Coast or a Collingwood. So maybe yeah. West Coast because they're removed from the major state the sport's in. They have had success. Success is always expected. And they've just got staunch fans always turn up. Yeah, probably West Coast. If you're looking at the 80s, it might have been the Bombers. The Bombers won back-to-back uh, -back flags in 84 and 85 and the wealthiest club in the land at that stage. But uh, to be honest, they probably didn't have the, uh, the glitz and the glam. Uh, we're, we're pretty much straight down the line, should we? Don't, we don't deviate too much like the NRL boys. <laughs> the, uh, what about Felix? Any basketball teams that sort of jump out at you? Oh, geez. We'll keep it domestic there. And if uh, the three listeners that do know of Melbourne United, maybe we'll throw them as the... Uh, <laughs> Would that <laughs> the, be the Tigers, would it? The Tigers, yeah, well, still, yeah, still Melbourne United. But again, yeah, well, the Tigers had all the money and just didn't weren't able to convert it with success. You look at Andrew Gay's only won about one or two championships, I believe it was. But sure, the NRL on Fox Sports 1 moved over from Fox Soccer, I think it was, and it's over wow. on Fox Sports 1 now. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a big opportunity, isn't it? Like you, you, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for this great code of ours and, and good on him, Peter Valandis. He's just sort of marked uh, centre well outside the crease, went whack, and it's forcing a lot of other sports to come back in a bit of a hurry as well. So uh, well done to the Rugby League. It should be huge eyeballs across the world tonight. Uh, Parramatta, the team I've come up with them, uh, they dominated the 80s. Uh, they're a team who's close to getting back to their best. Maybe a drought's about to be broken. I thought the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe yeah. that's the correlation there. That could be our Essendon there, Brownie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And for those, Shug, that unfortunately you know, may not be able to afford Foxtel, is there any tips you can give us this weekend on the NRL that maybe could just push them up into that Foxtel bracket? Okay, well, KO's pretty handy as well. Don't worry about that uh, if you want to go down that path. I'll tell you three I like, and I really, really like them. I won't bore you with the reasons, but I like Parramatta tonight. I'm really, really keen on the Parramatta Eels. I liked them when they were the outsiders. They're now the favourites, which doesn't surprise me. Their back three is just going to decimate the Broncos, in my opinion. Uh, I love the West Tigers, who are the outsiders. They're taking on the Sharks. Uh, they're $2.30 to about $2.10. Again, they were a great price, and I absolutely love the Knights. So, again, the outsiders. So, Parramatta, the Knights, and the Tigers. I'm very, very confident with those three. Back when Foxtel first started, in, it was a subscription service. Before that, we only had the ABC, Channel 7, 9, and 10. And then Foxtel came into existence. And in the early days, you could get free Foxtel. Uh, you had a, there was this guy that we used to ring, and the Geelong boys put me on them. And I'd ring him, and he'd come around, and he'd set me up, um, and he'd put some little chip into my Foxtel box and he'd get free Foxtel. And every now and again, probably every eight or 10 weeks, they'd figure it out and they'd block this chip and you'd have to get him around. He'd put a new chip in. So free Foxtel every eight or 10 weeks was brilliant. Cashy. Yeah, a little bit of cashy, eh? It's yeah, I had, same, I had the same thing with mine, but for some reason, you spent a lot of time in my bedroom and, and sort of little, putting a little camera up in the corner, I think it was, <laughs> by the end of it. But, but no, I appreciated the free Foxtel. But Sugar spoke about a couple of outsiders there. Now, I'll tell you where the outsider has been coming up. The Bundesliga. Oh, Wally, mm. what have you got for us there? I'll tell you what, it's funny you say outsiders. I'm going the other way uh, to that because there is one staple in the Bundesliga. Of course, I'm talking about Bayern Munich. Um, if, you ever got a chance, if you ever get a chance to go to Munich, uh, Sugar, I believe you've uh, been over. I've been there. Uh, we've both had our own uh, interesting stories from there. It's a great city. But in amongst that city is Allianz Stadium, which was one of the absolute homes of football. Um, this place without fans will be a completely different place for them to play. It is amazing. Check it up. Have a look on YouTube. Bundesliga is one of the best four leagues on the planet. And uh, this is the best team in there by some way. Bayern Munich are playing an absolute salad dweller this week in Dusseldorf. Uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf. The last six meetings between these two teams have seen 30 goals. 24 of those goals have been from Bayern Munich and Dusseldorf, well, they got three of their six in one game. So Bayern Munich, needless to say, should spank them. They've come back well from the break. They just beat second place Borussia Dortmund on the road. Um, and uh, now they head back home. They'll cop this team and they'll absolutely smash Dusseldorf. So I'm taking a minus three line. That's right, minus three. So they've got to win by four goals or more, but they will. It's $2.50. Um, they will absolutely spank Dusseldorf at home. While you're there, Wally, um, you're back in the groove now with the racing. Have you got a, a little early tip for, for the weekend's racing? Uh, yeah, I certainly do. Now, it's funny, uh, back in the groove is right, Shug. It has been just... It's been tough 
not being able to uh, expand over other sports and uh, look at other sports. But uh, I'll tell you what, I've got a couple here for you coming up this weekend. Uh, I've got a good feeling. It's been a couple of tough weeks for the punters, uh, but we've got two runners, which, and I love when this happens, we've got two runners where two members of the free wide no cover family are on the same horse. And when this sort of stuff happens, I like to get around it. All right. So the guys are going to be looking at Caulfield. Get your pens, pencils and crayons out. We've got race <laughs> seven and race eight. In race seven, Sikorsky. Yep. And in race eight, Jumbo Asaki. Jumbo Asaki is one of these horses that's probably disappointed over a period of time. Um, but uh, look, in terms of early markets, they're the two we're looking at early. But... There'll be plenty more to come. Free wide, no cover, of course, uh, which will be out, should be out later today on our socials, non-racing.com. Yeah, it's not about you, Mick. Wind it up. Let's go. <laughs> well, Nathan, I'm trying to tell the punters where to get some more racing tips. And I, and I was also going to say inside of trading Saturday morning. All you need to say was Sikorsky and uh, Jumbo. Oh, he just loves the opportunity, Nathan Brown. Oh, I'll tell you what, for those... For those punters who did have to write that down in crayon, I suggest gambling responsibly and maybe even just taking the weekend off here. But Brownie Wall, he's finally wrapped it up. If you're still awake, what have you got for us for the AFL? Coming up shortly. Uh, well, I am... Uh, are you asking for my tip today for this or the AFL? Yeah. If you just want to give us... Uh, well, the AFL, your tip today, whatever you got for us. Well, forgive me something. I'm going to step into Sugar's uh, zone here because I, I, I'm going to say rugby league. because I'm looking forward to seeing the Melbourne Storm. They've been the best team in it for the best part of a decade. They're yep. going to be very hard to beat. Again, they played Canberra, who are going to be very hard to beat too. They're going to be top four, I think, Canberra this year. But Melbourne, first up in Melbourne, it's going to be a tough road trip to see how we go. I just think Melbourne is so professional that they are going to be ready to go. Look, it's not going to be a whacking, but I just think Melbourne get the job done. It's going to be a, a tight one, but for me, Melbourne, $1.67, head-to-head, throw that near multis for the weekend. Uh, yeah, I love that, very... Brownie. I'll tell you what, boys, uh, the standards, and I'm sure an AFL club would, would be similar to what I'm about to explain here with culture and things like that, and the basketball and, and other sports, and every sport's got this sort of type of club, but uh, the standards they have, when they're signing players, they really put them through the ringer. So one of the things they do is to filter players out a bloke called Paul Bunn, they call it the bunny test. He would take them for a coffee. And if the player's not sort of being courteous to the waiters and those serving them, they really put a hard line through them. So I raised this one particular player who I won't embarrass. And I said to Craig Bellamy one day, I said, uh, so Craig, what would Bunny do if he was having coffee with player X? And he said, put it this way, he'd order a piccolo. <laughs> That'd be a quick meeting. <laughs> Real arsehole, this bloke. So, um, you know, that, on, the that's... Back, on the back of that, Shug, when I was joining Sportsbet back in 2015, I reckon, uh, <laughs> the boss back then of the marketing team was Luke Waldron. We all know Luke very well. Obviously went to Tab after that, <laughs> left us high and dry. But uh, we sat in this meeting. And uh, Wally and Benny Hawes introduced me first in a in a in a coffee setting, and you know they put forward my name, and it was a uh, it was just it was a done deal basically. And I was going in to sign the contract, and and this the first time I ever met this Luke Waldron guy, who's turned out to be a, a really good mate of mine now. But in this meeting, three times on three separate occasions, he looked at me, he goes, "Now we've got to know dickhead policy here." And the first time he said, "I was like, yeah, it's probably what he says to everybody." The second time, I was like. 
yeah, no, no, I got the fact that we, there's no dickhead policy here. And just before the meeting wrapped up again, I don't know whether he thought I was a dickhead or not, but he said, you know, we've got a no dickhead policy. Three times in the one meeting, he's decided to tell me at Sportsbet, we have a no dickhead policy. Oh, geez. Well, thank God he left because otherwise I'd probably be uh, out of a job there. So luckily that, luckily that policy just went out the window and I've, luckily they got it working at TAP. But before I jump onto my bet here, I want to mention that Sugar, you caught up with the great Steve, the mm. Beaver Menzies, earlier this morning, meant to be on the pod, but you just decided to swoop in there and just take the whole interview for yourself. But that's going to be attached on the back end of this. So stay tuned for that one. Anyone, anyone with the nickname Beaver has usually got a great story behind it. So I hope you ask that. But getting into my one, Arthur Morris and Sam Loxton's baggy greens going up for auction yeah. in the novelties section. Wow. Now, this one's an interesting for me. I've seen a whole bunch of morals and you've given me some morals in the NRL and they've come off, Shug. But this one is next level. The combined, so the line they've set for this is $40,000 for the sale of two baggy greens combined. So this is two members of the Invincibles, probably the most iconic sporting team in the history of Australian sport or right up there if it isn't on top. Now, the, the arguments that people sort of have here around why these will go lower is the, you know, the current financial situation. You know, rich people, maybe they, they're going to decide to buy a house during this time when the market crashes, something like that. But I think we're underestimating Rich people buy whatever the hell they want. And I'm sure you guys could probably relate to that in a lot of the stuff you've got, like a yeah. wolf or something you've got. Take the over. Around oh, Brownie, very, uh... Brownie's got it locked in for 50000 so just take the over. Uh, is, that, is, that a, is that the pair, Felix? That's the pair combined. So you're telling me you can 40, get two baggy greens. I know Don hasn't worn them. I know Bill Ponsford <laughs> hasn't worn them. But the fact is you can get two baggy greens that were worn as part of the Invincibles team. Yep, and I'm telling you, that's a lot of money for two baggies. But two baggy greens, that is a very, very good price there. You can throw Scotty Mullers in and get the same price. Three for two. But let's remember that Warnies went for a million. Now, the the people that buy these, usually it's a corporation who buys it and they put their name on it and give it to a museum. So there is no chance in hell this one goes under 40K. And if you think that, oh, you know, maybe the wealthy people aren't going to be going to these auctions for sporting memorabilia, I think you underestimate how rich some people are. I can't believe well, I'm saying this. Wally's, 40, Wally's, a... Wally's wife's had her eye on it. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, that's an absolute steal. $40,000 for two baggy greens worn well, by yeah. members of the Invincibles is ridiculous. That'd be ridiculous. And this isn't a depreciating asset. This one is just going to keep no. going up and up and up. I reckon we've got the market. Felix, I reckon we've got the market wrong there. So get on, punters. I well, genuinely that... think we got that wrong. $1.45, juicy odds for it to be under 40K. Ooh. Like not, not the best odds, but for a moral, that's not bad. Do you now, say we'll over? $1.45 for over? No, $1.45 for under, I believe it is. $1.45 for over, yes. I was going to say. Felix, are yeah. you in a room where you just chuck shit all over the place? Like, <laughs> it, it looks like a bit of a, like a, just a dump and run move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, dump and run is my main move, but I usually don't use it when it comes to my furniture. Uh, yeah, no, we, we've got a couple of kids' toys and whatnot in here. I'm just preparing for the future, Brownie. You never know when you're going to get that say. phone call. What's hanging on the wall? What's hanging on the back of the door? What is that? There's a lot going on here. Oh, it's, a co- it's a coat. Oh, it's a coat. Yeah. There we go for these. So us poor people who can't afford heating, what we do is we, we layer ourselves mate. with different things and garments and that sort of stuff. So, like mate, a, you're the only one with a boom mic going on, so you're going okay. <laughs> looks like a Harry oh, Potter sort of good. setup, isn't it? Yeah, it a does. It, that's, it looks like a Harry Potter cloak. Like a yeah, Dumbledore thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, this is, I've, got my, I've got my bed out of shot, so you can't exactly see that. But anyway, well, let's run, run through what we've gone here. Shug, what did you give us for the NRL? Uh, so I gave you three, but uh, let's just... People like things a bit closer, so take the Eels tonight. 
Heels, right. nice. Good. Wally? Uh, Bam Munich to beat Dusseldorf by four or more goals. So it's the minus three handicap, $2.50. Beautiful. And the nice. Storm at $1.67. Very nice. And I'm taking $1.45 for the price to be over 40K for the Invincibles. Baggy Green. Thanks, punters, for tuning in. Remember, on the back end of this, should catching up with Steve Menzies. Should be catching up with a lamppost and I'd probably still tune in. But Steve Menzies <laughs> is going to be a great chat. So we're looking Just forward to that. Just on the nickname Beaver before we go, there's a guy in Melbourne who's <laughs> called footy for a long, long time. Started at Inside Football, a guy called Bruce Eva. And he did a show on Thread W many years ago. His name was Bruce Eva, but it was the nighttime show. And the show was called Beaver After Dark. So uh, I'll leave that one with you. <laughs> there's going to be no better outro after that. Gamble responsibly. Stephen Menzies, the great Beaver Stephen Menzies, who's looking more like Phil Mickelson. Beaver, how are you, mate? Good, Joel. I've just um, come out for a walk this morning and beautiful golf course. Who are you playing with? Any, anyone notable? Well, actually, we're playing with um, yeah, a couple of boys, um, Sam and Luke Burgess. Right. Um, we're having a bit of hidden. Another, another mate, Julian Renard, from um, in France. What a what a great way to kick off the rugby league season. A beautiful day there. Who wins the golf today, by the way? Who's favourite? Um, oh, I think Luke. Luke Burgess is. Uh, he's he's good. I don't think Sam's been playing too much, um, and I haven't been playing at all. So, but, um, there might be lots of shots out here today. But a beautiful day. It's a little bit chilly, but um, looking forward to it. What are you playing off, Beaver, at the moment? Handicap. I'm off fourteen, which yeah. is. Um, not too bad. I need them. I, I, I don't hit it very straight these days. So I need, uh, I need all the shots. Lots of Well, mate, listen, this podcast is going all over the world. It's very popular and they're tuning in. But many people will be saying, why the nickname Beaver? How did you come up with that? Or how did they get that? Um, I got it uh, when I first started playing rugby league, one of my first coaches. There was a show called Leave It to Beaver on. I'm sure you've <laughs> seen it. The American sitcom and I looked a little bit like Theodore Cleaver, Beaver Cleaver, the, the, I said I had the freckles in my eyes, and um, he just said, "Yeah, you look like Beaver," and that and that was it. When I was about eight, I wonder if you knew Theodore Cleaver was going to have such a career—180 tries. Can you believe that? No, look, it's it's just one of those things, and you you play because I'm sure you know you play because you love it, and yeah, you know, then you play another season, another season, and you just you play the way you play, and you end up you look back and. Um, yeah, you've been lucky enough to uh, just to score that many tries, but it's, you know, I'm sure you know if someone said you play a hundred first grade games, you sort of say, "Oh, it's, yeah, I, I wish." If you could go back to a moment in time, all those games for Australia, for New South Wales, five grand finals. If you could go back to a moment in time in that great career, where would you go, Beef? Probably my last game for Manly, 2008 Grand Final. Um, I came on with about 12 minutes to go, or, uh, and I was on for 30 odd seconds and, and scored a try. I carried the ball, I reckon, <laughs> 20, 24 centimetres. It's the greatest try I've ever scored, and it's um, not my favourite try. So I'd, I'd go back to that moment. That was a great moment, and uh, Desi Hasler had the reins. And tell us about Desi. There's so many stories we hear, and I could just imagine. You know, he'd be wanting the control, but with this isolation, his players are away from him. What sort of anxiety has Des had in the last few months, you reckon? <laughs> well, De Desi not being able to turn up for training. And I swear he sleeps three hours a night. He'd, be he'd turn up at 4.30 and um, he's going like a mad scientist going through his stats and his numbers. So just not having 
training on would have been hard for Des. I, I feel for Christine, his poor wife, because he would have been driving her crazy. <laughs> Look, he, he's he's very diligent. He's um, yeah, he's um, he's still got his first dollar. Um, but he's uh, no look, look. He, he's amazing at what he's done. What he did with the boys last year was, um, you know, was exceptional. Yeah, you know, and they've grown and they've matured, and it's another good test from this year to see if they can, they can come out and back up. You know, where they sort of put themselves last year. Why is he such a good coach, Des? Like he, success does follow him. He went to the Bulldogs, made it to a grand final, when they were nowhere really. Why is he so good, Des? I, I think they can win the comp move this year. Look, I, I just think that he. He gets the best out of. He brings teams together. Um, rugby league is you can, you can have great individual players, but if you don't bond as a team, um, you you won't be successful. So I think he proved yeah he's proved for many years. But um, if you believe in each other, you believe what the coach says, and you're willing to to do what it takes um, for your mates on the field, then anything's achievable. And yeah, he does that very well. Um, yeah, he crunches lots of numbers. He's big on stats and things, but it really bonds the boys together and gets them um, you know, believing in each other, doing it for them, for each other. And that's, um, you know, that's one of his greatest uh, skills, I think. Speaking about the dollar, now the rumour goes, and this rumour has been circling around for years and years and years, Super League war breaks out and money's just been thrown at you blokes. Anyway, the rumour goes that your mother was cleaning up your apartment or house and <laughs> finds an $80,000 check behind the... Is this fact or fiction? No, it's a, it's it's fiction. There was a there was a twenty thousand dollar check. It was just stuck on the fridge. It, just, <laughs> it wasn't behind the fridge. It was stuck on the fridge. So I just I haven't banked it yet. But no. I was. I was so what a time! Uh, yeah, yeah well, look, it was um, it was, it was um, yeah, a bizarre time. That um, uh, it was a good for the game. It was a bad for the game. It's, two sides of that story but um yeah it was i think someone should write a book about the things that went on during that time because it would be an amazing book. do you remember the your first meeting about the big check and how that went down well well we, with, uh, i went into a yeah we all got sort of taken over um in, in a bus by um by the club and we sort of went in and I think um, who was in there. I, I can't remember who the, you know, the officials in there. And they said, if you play for Australia or New South Wales or city country or whatever, this is how much you got. And you know, I think I was 23 at the time wow. or something. Just, they said, here's a check because you had played for Australia, so you get X. And I'm not going to complain or say anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll see you later. And then just, and off I went. So it's, um, yeah, just just bizarre times, and you know, some people went in and played one from the other, and got a lot of cash because they you know, they didn't ARL or Super League, they just couldn't afford to to not sign players because you know the other the other side would have won. Tell me this: What have you been doing in isolation? They couldn't they couldn't not afford to sign players, but they couldn't afford to sign players. Yeah, because it was costing so much money, but it, it was just it was crazy. Wow! Wow! Tell me this isolation period, last dance. Have you caught that fever at all? I certainly have. Um, it's yeah. Look, it's been an amazing, an amazing series, and to think it's been sitting there for so long, um, it's. Um, I'm sure whoever had the footage is saying, "Can we, can we put it out this year? Can we put it out this year?" So, <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy, and it's, you get a bit of a hangover at the end, just going, 
why, why didn't they just sign them all for one year? Like, yeah. give, them a, give them a chance, right? Like, yeah. Um, so you sort of, you know, it's not like you can say, well, let's come back and play. It was, it was too long ago. So it's, um, yeah, it's been pretty amazing. He's, uh, he just wanted to win at, at all costs. And whether, you know, whether it was ripping into his teammates, um, yeah, he, he forced the best out of them. The, um, I've been asked, Beaver, about, you know, who would you compare personalities to the old Tigers days? And, you know, I said, clearly there's no Jordan because we didn't win anything. Um, <laughs> I was probably the nerdy Steve Kerr, but without his success. And we probably had a stack of Dennis Rodmans in the team. We had Rodmans coming out of our wazoo. You can't have too many Rodmans. You can have one, you can't have too many. Well, we had plenty. And, and when you had your success, maybe you had one. Hopper, was he the Rodman? Look, he probably was. He probably had a couple of less cuts and piercings. <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting how and the great coaches, I'm sure, do it on all different levels and how um, Bill Jackson understood Rodman uh, and when he needed his time, he needed his time and you know, some crazy things through the playoffs and just goes to, a, to the wrestling match and um, but they knew, every single player knew, they knew that when Dennis stood on that, yeah. on that court that he was going to give everything, everything he, he could to the team. He, he would do anything he needed to, to do his job. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting way of looking at it, but you need to, yeah, as a coach, you need to be a man manager and get the best out of every player. And if that's, you know, managing them, managing them differently as they did to Rodman, then you know, as long as you know you're going to get the best. If you turned up and didn't give 100%, then you, you, know, you couldn't give him that leeway. But it was, um, you know, it's good to see that. Um, he, he repaid them back as well. Wayne Pierce was good like that. We, we used to do the beep test. Remember the beep test? It was brutal. And he'd be watching my toes to make sure they hit the line. But then right next to me, Hopper's doing the beep test with the cricket bat. You know, like, it, it was just... Uh, yeah. And the rumour goes as well with um, uh, Hopper that Bozo used to sit him up on a stack of chairs when he watched the video sessions. Is that true? Well, he fell asleep a couple of times. <laughs> and he pulled his hat down. And he'd be snoring and fell asleep. And... It, and here's another great skill of Bozo. He didn't didn't get angry at Hopper. He could have shouted, said, he do that again. I'm going to fine you. Hopper would have got annoyed. And, yeah, the team would have said, what's going on? We need Hopper. So he, he said, right, I'm going to get a seat for you next time. And it was right in the middle of the um, <coughs> of the video room. And he was on like eight chairs. So he had to hold the wall to balance. If he went fell asleep, he'd fall off. We all laughed. Hopper never did it again. And it brought us closer together. And it's yeah. those types of... Yeah, different rules and different man management skills that um, that the great coaches have, and I'm sure there's yeah, there'll be thousands of stories about um, great coaches like I said, like that, uh, like Hopper with the cricket bat, just letting him letting him go. Yeah, he performed. He didn't like warming up, Hopper. He didn't want to warm up for two minutes. He just get out there and play. Um, mate, tell me uh, your great relationship with Cliffy. You still catch up with Cliff? I see Cliffy every now and then. Yeah, um, look, he, he's. Um, He's doing well. He's getting around, um, getting a little girl, getting a little bit older. But look, he's, uh, he's the greatest. Some people ask me who's the greatest he's ever played with, and I say Cliffy. He's um, just a, a magician of, uh, of ball playing, and you know, he, his talents um, yeah, allowed me to, to, to have the successes I did. I know you got a tee off coming up, mate. Have the boys arrived yet? Uh, I can't see them. Not not yet. Okay. Hey, listen. Uh... 
who's your tip? I mean, you're probably going to say Manly. Do you genuinely believe they can win it? And uh, if they can, who would they play in the grand final, you reckon? Well, the Roosters are always going to be there or thereabouts. They've lost a couple, I know that at the moment. But um, you know, Trent Robinson is an amazing coach. They've got an amazing squad. And um, you know, I think you'd be brave to back against them. One Coming final. Soon. I'm seeing you. Righto. Uh, mate, before you go, the, the fans want to hear that. And how did that all start, by the way? I don't, I don't, I don't know. That was when we were doing, um, with the professor, we were doing Fletch and Hindy. Yeah. And I can't, we're trying to, we, we've gone through it a couple of times trying to think back how that came about. But um, who cares, right? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> mate, hit them well today. Good to chat. Give me something. <laughs>